0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We begin a a new theme, a new series, a new month this week, called Faith That Moves Mountains, as I've been really seeking God. I, the great thing about not preaching as much on Sundays, I've had real time just to get with God and seek the Lord for fresh, just, just me and him, you know, not just pulling for a message. And sometimes those things that drop in, things that the Lord speaks to my heart, um, just I, I just really felt some things very strong. So I'm going to give them to you. We'll start this week and see where we go, okay? Hebrews 11.1 is where we're gonna begin from the message. It says in verse one, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. I love this. It is our handle on what we can't see. It's something you can hang on to that you can't see the other side of it. You just get the handle on it by faith. By faith, verse three says, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. I also want to weave in there Proverbs 24 from the message, verse 30. Solomon writes, one day I walked by the field of an old lazy bones and then passed the vineyard of a lout. They were overgrown with weeds Thick with thistles, all the fences broken down. I took a long look and I pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon and I listened. A nap here, a nap there. A day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. Let's pray one more time. Father God, would you open the eyes of our hearts today that we can see, take hold, and apply your word. Lord, we believe that your word is inerrant, it is inspired, it is infallible, it is without mistake. And everything that you've written is for us to know you better and to experience the life you've intended for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, much of the world has become so lazy The last few years, between the fear of so many out of control situations, crime, political unrest, inflation, COVID, other diseases, it shouldn't be surprising that some folks just want to curl up and go to sleep. Just la, 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 just pretend it doesn't exist. And unfortunately, the church of Jesus seems to have picked up the same contagion spiritual laziness. You know, there are no shortcuts to strong faith. And sometimes if we follow fads or trendy sloppiness, we forget that the Bible says the just, the people of God shall live by faith. And I want to ask you this week, are you coasting in your faith or pushing in your faith? Because if you're coasting right now, you miss the moment because... Coasters are in trouble. I don't mean the things you place under a glass on a table. People that are just kind of set to status quo. Okay, let's just do it. Oh, it's Sunday, let's go to church. We're glad you're at church. We're glad you're watching. You know, <clears throat> I found two or three of my friends recently, including our friends in Lincoln, that said, um, yeah, we've gone off our, our streaming. We've, we've taken it right off. So Why? Because we found that a lot of people are using it as an excuse to stay home and really not even leaning into God. They're kind of watching us in the background and they're not really paying attention. Hint, hint. My friend Julian Melfi in London has done the same thing. Said, you know what? If you think that we're here to entertain you and just, to, you know, let's, let's, let's give you a little song and dance every Sunday, and we're going to do a show. Let's do a show, everybody. Then we're not really living by faith, are we? We're kind of living by little religious snippets, little religious nuggets, feeling better about ourselves because we dis- Well, I, I watched last week. Well, that's great. We're glad you're watching. And listen, for those of you that can't, you literally can't get here because you're sick, or because you've been, you're out of town. That's the only reason we're staying on right now because it, is, it, it really is one of those things where people have a tendency to follow the path of least resistance and they get spiritually lazy. And we kind of check out, oh, the building's going up. That's great. Oh, Pastor Richard's got a book out. That's great. Oh, this, oh, this is all good. No, 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 no. You're missing the boat. You're missing the point of all this. It's about others, it's about other people. It's about you getting so connected with the Lord that you fall in love with him afresh. It's not about that you got saved three weeks ago or a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's how do you keep moving in that first love? How do you keep moving in that relationship where it keeps growing? Listen, it's great to be casual in appearance. I, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm not like I was a few weeks ago in Ghana wearing a suit and tie this Sunday or a big heavy robe. I ended up doing all of it. I'm so thankful I could come, like I wanted to come dressed today. I'm glad you can too. But there's something, are you getting casual in your faith? Are you getting casual in your faith where you, where you lost respect for God's house? lost respect for his presence and even lost respect for his word. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. And so the Lord began to deal with my heart and said, look, my people, my people need to be challenged to get back to growth again, internally, personal development and growth in their faith. And I was like, well, God, I've preached on faith for 32 years. By the way, while I was gone, we had our thir- 35th anniversary of leaving the insurance business and starting in full-time ministry it was October 28th, 1987. And so that's 35 years ago last Friday. And I figured it out that day we were about to go speak to the leaders. I thought, oh my gosh, this is a big day. This is 35 years. For all these years, I've been, I, I've been learning faith and therefore I've been teaching faith. The problem is a lot of people forget what they have heard or some newer people come in and they don't know what faith really is. And so we need to look at it this month from different angles as we prepare for these tremendous moments together that we're gonna have um, with Thanksgiving coming up and all kinds of great things that are happening and we're preparing. I mean, the building is moving forward. I'm so thankful for that. We're hoping the doors and windows go on this week. We're hoping to pass an electrical inspection uh, this week. We're hoping to start the drywall going in more this week. I mean, all kinds of stuff happening right now, but it's so, it's so intricate. You can't all see it because we, we've, we've been looking at the same outside of the building for all this time. What's going on? There's a lot going on. You just can't see it. That's the same with faith. One of the key things you need to know this is this. Faith is dynamic, never static. Now, I know that sounds like scientific terms, but all I'm telling you is this. Faith is either growing or it's shrinking. It's never sitting still. The enemy wants you to believe that you should just take a break sometimes in your faith, and go well, you know. I'll just take a break from church. I'll just take a break from God. You're going backwards. Listen, very few people when they backslide, they do they just suddenly have a wake up one day and go, you know, I don't need God. I'm not going to serve God. No, it happens. Subtly and slowly, in those little moments where you think you're good, where you think you're doing well, where you this is, and you go, "Well, I've been, you know, I've been, you know, uh, we've had people that were very involved for a season, and then they suddenly weren't involved, and they just felt like taking a break." The problem is, if you take a break from serving, I understand that, but if you take a break from from Christian community life and interacting with the body, that's a problem. You want to, if you want to if you need a few weeks to, to sit and, and, and rest, we get that. But the problem is people are looking right now. That's why we're having this collapse of our work ethic in the, in the, in the country right now, in the world right now. People, people unless they actually have to get a paycheck, some of them just don't even wanna work. It's going, but it's seeping into our culture in the church. It's seeping into us. And it's dangerous, my friend, because you can fool yourself into believing that, well, I'm good, you know, I, I, I look at what God's been doing in my life. That's great, but that's not an indicator of what's gonna happen the next few weeks or months because faith is dynamic. It's not static. It doesn't sit still. If you're not moving forward in your relationship with the Lord and in the knowledge of the word, then you're going backward and you don't know it. Hello, is anybody awake today? Are you hearing me? If you're, if you're not going forward, you're automatically going backward. And a lot of people, see, this is why we get in trouble with the whole once saved, always saved doctrine of many of the churches today. And listen, I believe when, when you're born again and you have a real relationship with the Lord and only God knows that, okay? But if you have that, no one can snatch you from the Father's hand. You are eternally secure in relationship. You you will go to heaven when you die. But it doesn't mean you're going to experience heaven on earth. It doesn't mean that, see, the relationship is dynamic. It has to be, There are, there's movement to it. There's forward progress. And this is the danger of somebody that, that went to a church maybe and got saved every Sunday. And then... Uh, then once in a while, they just kind of, you know, they, they never feel like they ever measure up, but it's always about, most of the time, about heaven. It's about the afterlife, and I believe in heaven, and I believe in the afterlife, and we need to have our eyes on eternal things. We do, but everlasting life is from now on. Everlasting doesn't mean that, you, that the timeline starts when you croak. Sorry to be insensitive there. Kick the bucket. Push up daisies. Whatever you want to say. If you've lost a loved one recently, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be crass here, but I'm trying to see. Listen, Hebrews 6 says it this way, verse 12. See that you don't become sluggish. Now that's an important word. But imitate those who through faith and patience, inherit the promises. If I have time this month, I'm gonna tell you all of faith has, faith has a lot of partners. That's right. Faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Faith hope, and, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these things is love. Faith works with hope and love. Faith and love together. Faith and patience work together. There are partners of faith. I guess I just preached it. You got the bonus. But the word there, see, you don't become sluggish. You know they I met mean, like boxing. I mean, the guys like boxing it used to be a great sport. I mean today's there's not the great heavyweights that there were growing up when I was a kid. I mean I loved watching some of those fights. We get together with friends and watch boxing. Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier. Those are, those are men, those are boxers. But sluggish means you've taken too many hits to the head to be sluggish. You know, I, <clears throat> as much as I respected Muhammad Ali as a boxer, his whole rope thing worked great short-term, but long-term, it destroyed his brain to where he couldn't hardly talk, couldn't hardly move without shaking, Many of God's people are starting to look sluggish in faith. Like you've taken a few too many punches and hits. And it's time to get back to stepping forward and going forward. Listen, God has given each a measure of faith. That's what the Bible says. He gave every person a measure. Was it all the same measure? No. Everybody has a different measure of faith. But you can't use your measure and say, well, that guy had more faith. That's not fair, God. You gave them more faith than you did me. No, 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 it's not about that. There are a whole lot of people that have surpassed you or me to start out with less than we had because it's about what you do with your faith. It's about what you do with your faith. it's, it's, It's either growing or it's shrinking. It doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have to start with. You're only responsible to grow what you have. And you are responsible to grow Like the parable of the talents, you either use your faith and grow it or you lose your faith and it's gone. The wicked, lazy servant in the parable of talents played it safe and took the talent that he had, the ability he had, the gifting that he had and he buried it in the ground because he was afraid he was gonna lose it, ended up losing it and losing everything. You're responsible for your measure. You have a measure of faith. You've been given that measure. Now, what you do with that measure is up to you. Now, I always say this, and pardon me if this is a big review for you, but this is, I felt like God said, it's time to get back to the ABCs of faith for this month. So if you've heard it, hear it again. Hear it, hear it with a fresh, oh, I need to do something with this, okay? Hear it with the love with which it's intended. Faith is like a muscle. Everybody born is born with muscles in their body. Not everybody looks like a bodybuilder. Thank God. Not everybody not everybody builds them up, builds up their muscles to look big or cut or whatever all the terminology is. God has given everybody a measure of faith. But this is the reality. You build up muscle through resistance. When I'm traveling quite a bit, I take these resistance bands with me so I can still work out of the hotel. They're these bands that are, you know, equal to 50 pound weights, 40, 30, and so on. And, you know, when you, when you do them a little bit and you do them right, you do them slow and steady, you kind of hurt a couple of days later, you, you know? And that's the way your faith is supposed to be growing like that but in order to grow faith, it has to be broken down with resistance. Now you say, I don't understand the purpose of why I'm going through this challenge right now. I I'm not telling you God's just trying to teach you something. I'm not, but I am telling you that God wants you to grow in faith and trusting him so that where what, where, what you're believing for now is nothing compared to what you're going to believe in for in five years. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about eternal things. I'm talking about... Everything works for the, for the believer. Everything works by faith. That's why we're called believers, not be sitters. Believers, are you awake? Are you happy? Can you please tell your face that it's okay to smile at church today? I'm not here, you know, I know dad's home, but it's, you know, you guys, listen, Pastor Chris did a great job. Pastor Tristan did a great job. Pastor Gail did a great job. Pastor Lindsay did a great job. Give it up for our pastors. They do. you had the word. This wasn't nursery time where they were babysitting you. You got dynamic word without having to have a guest speaker. That's tremendous. What a blessing to have these people in our world, in our lives. Are you experiencing resistance in some area of your life to what you're trusting God for? Not asking you for a show of hands, but I want you to think about this. If you're experiencing resistance to a promise from God or something you're pursuing in God, welcome to good things. Because if there's no opposition, I question whether what you're doing is actually trusting God for anything. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Please means to put a smile on his face. Without faith, Hebrews 11:6, it's impossible to please God. For, for he that comes to God must believe two things. number one, that he is God. But here's the thing, I believed that God was God before I was saved. but I didn't have a relationship with him where I believed. Number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, diligently seek Him. Diligently seek him. That's not just seeking him. That's diligence implies effort, energy, passion, work, doing something. Now listen, we don't work to get him to love us. He already loves us. But listen, just like your kids, your children can, you know, you love them all the time, right? Even when you don't like them, right? But you love your children. But that doesn't mean everything they do puts a smile on your face. And you you sitting there and you think, oh man, I wish I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they wouldn't do that. Doesn't put a smile on your face, but you still love them. But what's a, what the Bible says pleases your Father, your heavenly Father, is when you're trusting Him for the next promise the next purpose, the next season, the next, the next part of your life, the next part of your purpose coming alive. That's what it is. You've got to trust him. Now, I will say this, that there were times in our walk when we, went, when we were preparing for ministry back in the mid to late 80s where something that, that, that really today would seem easy was, was a, gave me a faith cramp. Some of the you know back then we're trusting for you know five bucks. Just a provision to get through another day or you know gas for the car. I mean, how much gas can you get in your car now for five bucks? I mean it's crazy. Yeah, a gallon if, if you don't if you're not if you don't have diesel. I mean it's crazy. But the reality is I remember there were times when we were just God. We're gonna go to church in Orlando. We live in Bellevue. You know we need this week and we're running short on this. So we're trusting you for gas money. Well, today we're trusting him for a $1.5 million building to get completed. But that didn't happen overnight. That took took years for, for our faith to even get there. When we bought this land, I talked about it too much and you probably get tired of it, but this land was a huge thing to believe for when we were four years old as a church and new in ministry. And we, looked, we were trying to buy other things. That's where God taught me the you know, that or better principle, which means God gives you something to look at, but it's not necessarily the exact thing. He just gives you an object to set your faith on so you can trust him, but really he's working here. So understand that there are things going on with your faith. Don't, you can't get your faith in the exact thing because God doesn't serve you. You serve God. Every time you have to overcome a challenge, the resistance of darkness, you grow in faith. Now, I love this promise. Jude says, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you know prayer and, and, and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying, praying in, in, in that supernatural language, that if you would just stop thinking about stuff and just spend time praying, in the spirit, the Bible says you're going to grow in faith. It's going to build up that faith muscle in you. But it takes faith to do that because your mind will fight you and say, no, no, I want to understand. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, you got to let your spirit. Uh, this is one of the greatest things that helped me in the early days when we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Bob Bumford, one of the fathers of the charismatic move, said one time, and I, I, I never forgot it. He said, you know how... When, uh, if you go outside the first time to mow your lawn after a long winter and you left the hose out all winter, he said, you take that hose. He said, you mow the lawn, but you get all hot. So he said, if you take that, turn that hose on and you put it up to your mouth, he said, you're going to get spiders. You're going to get dust. You're going to get dirt. You're going to get, it's going to be awful. But he said, if you take that thing and you let that hose run for a while full blast, you're going to get some clean, pure water eventually, cold enough to put it up to your mouth and refresh yourself. Sometimes you've got to let your hose run by praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit and with understanding. You've got to trust him enough to pray in the Spirit. If you don't know what that is, you can talk to Pastor Chris right after church today and we'll help you get filled with the Holy Spirit and release that ability to pray in heavenly languages. The ABCs of faith are this, faith isn't in your own ability to believe. Faith is based 100% on what God has said through his word, the Bible. God cannot and will not contradict his own word. Faith is not wishful thinking. And the holy creator of the universe is not your personal genie. Okay, so this, that's not how faith works. And that's, I've seen a lot of people use faith like that, like to get stuff from God. Now, it is an access to receive from God and bring things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. But those things have to be based on God's vision for your life, not just your vision for your life. Otherwise, we just sit around and pray for stuff. And I understand when you first get saved, that you're, you're, you start praying and stuff, and you get surprised because God answers. And he takes care of the $5 for gasoline or you know, whatever it takes now, $50 for gasoline. $50 bill for a few gallons of gas. I understand that, but let's not forget it's not just about selfishness. Faith is not about selfishness. It's a, eventually, it's supposed to, what you're believing for has, if you can see kingdom purpose in benefiting others, that's faith. If you see, it's not just gonna make you look good. It's not gonna just make you more comfortable. It's gonna benefit others, even when they see what God is doing in your life. That's a benefit. You, then you can genuinely reach out, but it's gotta be based on the unction of the Holy Spirit. God has to speak from his word. God, when, when God gives you a word from his word, so lo, there's two, two words in the, in the Greek for uh, word. The word logos, or logos, or we get the word logo from, logo. The logos, the Bible is God's logos. The written word is God's logo. That's how God is known. The Holy Bible is his word. You can't add to it or take away from it, even if an angel comes and gives you another interpretation. You gotta trust the original thoughts of what God's trying to say. But there's another word called rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And the word rhema is a spoken word from God. A spoken word from God. I talked to you about launching out to the deep a few weeks ago, and when Jesus said, launch out in the deep, and and Peter said, "Um, Master, we've taught all night, but nevertheless, at your word, the word there is rhema, because you spoke it, and it's in Coordination with your written word, because you've spoken, it's coordinated with your written word. I will let down the net. Okay, so that's that's a difference. So, it's, so Logos is the written word. Rama is the is the spoken word. It's the release of God. Listen, God is your heavenly Father. His word is his bond. It's when He gives you when when something is unctioned to your heart from the Bible. It's more than you just doing you know, looking up a scripture and pointing your finger at something random. What are are you saying, God? You know, we used to tease back when I was younger about uh, Bible roulette. Bible roulette is people that just kind of open the, Lord, give me a word. And they open the Bible. And they, you know, the the story was a young man opened it once and it said, uh, Judas went and hung himself. Found that scripture. He goes, well, speak to me, Lord. He turned and said, go and do likewise. God's never gonna tell you to go hang yourself, right? He's never going to speak that. So a Rhema word has to be consistent with the thought of God, the heart of God, and you have to go into the, you have to go after God in that. He gives you his word. So we don't conjure up what we want from God. We discover his promises by faith. Now we know faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, but listen to what that is. The word hearing there, faith comes by hearing means faith comes by understanding. The literal text is faith comes by understanding the word of God or understanding what God is saying to you. It's not just, it's not listening. It's not just your hearing of your ears. Faith comes by understanding and understanding by the word of God. And that's the, the word there, the word of God is logos. It's the written word of God that I, get, that I hide this word in my heart and it starts getting inside of me. We faith people often say when you have a problem, you look through the Bible and find scriptures to pray and confess. You're the logos over your life and claim those promises. And I believe that to a point, but there's truth there. But Rhema is about the Holy Spirit speaking those scriptures directly to your spirit about your unique situation. It's not just you going, oh, I found a scripture. It's about that scripture lifted off the page and becomes what we call the aha word, like, oh, oh my gosh, that's, I've never seen it like that before. That's a revelation word. That's, a, that's God speaking to you. Is everybody following me today? Can you lean in a little bit and say a little bit better amen in my next three minutes? The Bible is certainly for all, but it's not one size fits all. Amen. Hear me? The Bible is certainly for everybody, but it's not one size fits all. It is personally tailored. When you have relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will speak and release God's will into your life and to where you are now through his word. God's promises are indeed crucial to faith, not just as a self-help book. This is not about earthly endeavors of your own. When God's desire plus yours align, you're believing in faith. You're, you're, you're trusting God in faith. You're not believing in your faith. You're believing God and you're trusting him in faith. It's not just about earthly endeavors. It's not just about going through your own thing. Second Peter 1.3 says this, as his divine power has, past tense, given to us, all of us, all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Say this with me out loud. Say, I have been given everything I need to live a life that pleases God. That's what the word says. That everything you need through to live a life of godliness, to live a life of purpose, to live a life of fulfillment in relationship with God, has been given, look at this, through the knowledge of him or knowing him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been, there it is, past tense again, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. The the Passion Translation says that you may become partners with God. Partners with God in every part of life. Man, I, I just, I wish you'd get this. I wish you'd hear what I'm saying and the heart with which I'm saying it. The problem is we get, we get spiritually lazy because we go through these things and these seasons where we've been, we go, 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 go. And then we're like, "Ah, oh, I need to rest. But rest doesn't come away from God. Even your peace, that internal rest, doesn't come when you're checked out from God. And I understand we need soul rest. I, I love watching a, a comedy or, you know, watching a TV show or whatever. But that's not my life. And that's not where I... That may be where I can recharge my soul a little bit. There's very few things that that are very redemptive today that you can watch. So you have to guard your heart from that stuff. Don't misunderstand me. But what refreshes me spiritually and helps me to grow, keep growing in my faith is leaning into God and finding those aha words from a devotional, from, a, from reading the Bible, from being at church, that to hopefully today, as I'm preaching to you, a few little thoughts are getting implanted inside of you to wake up certain areas of your life where you've been asleep. That's part of the purpose. So we understand that God's given you everything. Everything you'll ever need to live a good and godly life has already been deposited within you at your point of salvation through the word of God. But when you get and read the word or hear it preached or declared, it it, it begins to work that in you and comes up in you and through you and begins to build up your faith muscles. Are you awake? Okay, I'm almost done. I'll just finish with this the word works for those who work the word now understand that the word will work you sometimes that god's promise over your life is going to work you at times but understand me if we've been given all the power tools we need all the equipment every bit of the equipment we need to build a great life to to build a life pleasing to god to live for him to find Divine purpose to accomplish things. Um, I used to use a power drill in the right here to drive the point home. You just have to imagine the power drill, like you imagine the resistance bands. Okay, use your imagination for a second. A power drill. If God's given it to me, if I set it right there and show it to you, it doesn't mean anything. I got to plug it in, and then I got to turn it on, and then I got to use it to drill something, open something, close something, you know, fix something, whatever. So you've been given the power drill, you've been given the power tool, but you have to use your faith to release God's will into action. If you believe what you're speaking in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Everything God does is through his word. We're gonna quit there. Everything begins with the word. God's words carry power. And just meditate on this thought this week. Your words carry power. A couple of years ago, under COVID, everybody's masked up, all the stuff going on, all the things happening. And we were so aware of what we were putting in the atmosphere, breathing in the atmosphere. Or receiving in the atmosphere. But your words carry either poison or fruit. That's what the Bible says. Either delicious fruit or poison. It's in your words. And those words come out of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I want you to listen to yourself this week and what comes up out of you when you get under pressure. Because these are the moments that faith can shine. These are the moments where you realize you're different than you were before. That God has changed you because instead of the venom, the anger, the offense, the vitriol, coming out and pouring, spewing, You suddenly now have power over your words to say, you know what? I'm not gonna release that. It could make somebody else sick. It could make me sick. By your words, you'll be justified, Jesus said. By your words, you'll be condemned. It's not what goes into the mouth that corrupts, Jesus said. It's what comes out of the mouth that corrupts. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your holy word today. Thank you for this reminder of the power of your holy word. It is without error. It's not just an ancient history book. It's a life-giving love letter. A life-giving love letter that connects us with your heart. Where we can see and understand your desire to heal us, to set us free, to unite us, and help us to live for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every situation or circumstance that's tried to bind up your people. And Father, you said in your word that that faith. That measure of faith is a gift placed inside of us but there is a supernatural gift of faith, a gift of the Holy Spirit called faith. I ask you to stir up the spirit of faith in this house that we would know this month what faith is and what it isn't, what it does, what it doesn't do and what you will become to us even stronger as we stop Resting on our laurels and thinking that our faith is just in what we've already experienced. That we would grow in our faith. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe those of you at home, I'm not mad at you for staying home, understand. But it is frustrating to hear pastors around the world talking about their folks using their stream as an excuse for spiritual lazy living. No, no, no. That's not what it's about. It's to help people, but not to give you something false to lean on. We're all part of the body of Christ and we need each other. And the word church has the word gathering right in it. the first part of it is gathering, gathering gathering if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or maybe you're watching if you don't know him that's the getting on place but that's not the end that's the beginning to say Jesus come into my heart is the first step of faith when you hear that word and you understand aha that's for me I need to do something with that the Bible says you'll be saved you'll be saved if you believe in your heart And confess with your mouth. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And tell somebody you've received him. You will be saved. Faith has those elements. Believing and speaking. I want to challenge you right now. If you've been born again, or right now you're asking Jesus into your life, I want you to do something. I want you to tell three people before this day is out that I have been saved. God has done something in my life. I don't understand it all, but I am changed. God is working in me. Tell them, because that's part of your faith experience and expression to let somebody know that you've been born again. God is moving. Lord, I pray right now for every person in the sound of my voice that we would move forward in you I come against spiritual laziness and slumber and and that lie that faith can sit still. We know that your word says that faith is always about growing and moving forward. Let our faith grow. Grow us in faith to love you and trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give him praise right now. Come on, if you receive that word today. Thanks for joining us at now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow NowChurch on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.